This reading is entitled Grace. When she was a young girl, they told her that grace was only available to her, a child of original sin, through the forgiveness and whim of an all-powerful God. Then she sat with her grandfather as he was dying. She held his hand as she and the one she loved stayed with him through his great passage. And she felt grace rise among them. Later during her college years, she volunteered for the local refugee shelter. And one day she witnessed the counselor work with young children traumatized by war. She heard the children begin to speak their truth with one another in that language that is only fully understood by such children. And she watched the counselor put his plans aside and let the children begin to heal one another. And she felt grace radiate between them. And as over and over again throughout through her years, she witnessed this same emergence between and among people. She came to understand grace as something we co-create and sometimes something we allow to happen by simply getting out of the way. I invite you to join me now in a meditation on loving kindness. And as you're comfortable with it, I invite you to join hands with those sitting near you. Join hands and close your eyes. Close your eyes and simply breathe. Breathe in. Breathe out. Try to focus yourself on your breath flowing in and flowing out, in and out. And as you become centered in your breathing, feel the warmth and energy of those around you breathing in and breathing out, in and out. Now, Still centered in your breathing, I invite you to bring to mind someone whom you love, who you have very warm feelings toward. They could be a spouse or partner, a child, parent, or other family member, a friend or other loved one. And as you hold them in your thoughts, and you continue to stay centered in your breathing, Join me in sending them this wish. May you be well. May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. Continuing your breathing, now I invite you to bring to mind someone who you may feel more neutral about, perhaps a co-worker that you have not gotten to know very well, or a new neighbor. As you breathe in and breathe out, I invite you to visualize them and send them this wish. May you be well. 
May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. Now I invite you to bring to mind someone with whom you have difficulty, someone with whom you're having conflict or that you feel a need to forgive. I invite you to visualize this person and breathing in and breathing out, send them this wish. May you be well. May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. Finally, I invite you to bring into your awareness an image of yourself. Perhaps it is your whole self or perhaps it is a part of you that has been hurt and needs healing. Breathing in and breathing out, hold yourself in your awareness and send yourself this wish. May I be well. May I experience loving kindness. May I be free from suffering. May I know joy and pure love. Now I invite you into a moment of silence and continued reflection, meditation, or prayer. And when the music begins, to light a candle to express all that is in your heart and spirit this morning. I was standing on an outdoor train platform in Chicago, waiting for the train that would take me to a seminary class that morning. The platform was located underneath this street that ran across a bridge overhead, and it was mostly blocking the morning sun. Still, though, one wide ray of light was shining through underneath the bridge, and it started to snow very, very lightly. These tiny, Fragile snowflakes were being held aloft by a brisk wind, swirling in circles in the air. They danced right through the bright ray of sunlight, reflecting it in dazzling patterns as if thousands of miniature mirrors were whirling and casting their own small rays of light in almost infinite directions. Tiny spirits dancing and floating and spreading light into their world. Well, as you probably noticed, I was kind of captivated by this sight, standing transfixed until the sound of my train approaching drew my attention. I turned toward the sound of the train, and as I did, I made eye contact with this woman who was leaning against a carved wooden cane for support. She looked right back at me in the eye, and smiled. She had this glint of joy in her eyes. I smiled back. You see, without 
ever even exchanging a word. We both knew that we had both been mesmerized by the beautiful ballet of sunlight and snowfall. We both knew that we had somehow been profoundly moved by and connected through the experience. Riding in the train a few minutes later, I I couldn't help but thinking the potential for transformation exists in any moment, each encounter, in that small, fragmentary sliver of time on a cold train platform in Chicago, I had understood that this person, who no doubt has very different life experiences than my own, this person who I had never met and would likely never see again, was nonetheless, like me, enmeshed in all the beauty and fragility and wonder and suffering and joy that life has to offer. I had understood that we are connected in ways that we only rarely are able to truly glimpse. And these experiences of the vastness and complexity of our interconnectedness are a potential source of empathy and compassion and love. And this idea, this experience of the possibility for transformation present within any moment in each encounter, for me, is a key element of our Unitarian Universalist covenantal tradition. It's part of what drew me to our faith and sustains me as I go about living it. It's also central to a worldview known as process relational theology from which I draw great meaning. Process relational thought sees all of us as part of an interconnected web or matrix that is continually unfolding, continually becoming. It sees within that web of relationships the creative potential for transformation bursting forth in each new moment. Now for me... This idea also grounds and sustains our anti-racism, anti-oppression, and multicultural work, our work for justice, by insisting that to realize the greatest potential for us all, we must go beyond just finding common ground to do the often more difficult work of embracing difference, encountering, experiencing, and respecting difference. For a religious movement like ours that does not have creed, does not have a statement of prescribed beliefs to which we must all agree, for such a religious movement, covenantal relationship forms the core for practicing our faith. The way we are together becomes paramount. The how we interact takes precedence. The method is the message as our great Unitarian Universalist forebearer in religious education, Angus McLean, so famously put it. And I think this idea can continuously inform the ways in which we think about and go about doing congregational and denominational life. If there is transformative potential in every fragment of time, 
bursting forth in each encounter. And if we also take the work of the church to be at least in part about the spiritual and maturational growth of our members, which I would hope we do, then everything we do in our churches can be seen as faith development, faith formation. Spiritual transformation is happening not just in worship, not just in our religious education classrooms, but throughout the life of the church. Every community or small group gathering, every committee meeting, every conversation during the fellowship hour has the potential to transform us, as well as to provide us comfort in times of need. I wonder, if we take this view, how might we approach each other differently? How much more bound by our covenant of right relations, our promises that we make to each other, might we feel? In what ways might we become even more connected with our fellow Unitarian Universalist churches and our larger Unitarian Universalist movement? I wonder if we might even more passionately strive for a pluralistic, multicultural faith, a people in deep relationship, a people emerging out of a full and vibrant matrix of cultures and identities, bound together in promises to both hold each other accountable to our greater ideals and, at the same time, hold each other in compassion, love, shared vulnerability, and deep respect. The method is the message. The way we do church life begins to burst forth with new creative possibilities. Worship can be transformed when there are more and more styles and perspectives to be included. Congregational meetings and gatherings spend more and more time reflecting with each other on the world we dream about and how, as a religious community, we can work together to bring it into being. The method is the message. Maybe our interfaith and social justice activities become a vital part of our spiritual practices throughout the religious community as a whole. Perhaps we stop during board meetings for a reflective period or to sing a hymn together that captures a vision for creating that better world. How about some time for a liturgical dance during that finance committee meeting? Okay, maybe not. I get a little carried away sometimes. Anyway, as another example, I think that the capital campaign in which we're currently engaged here at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin is likewise deeply rooted in this idea that positive change is possible through each encounter. Our building is a part of our method, and it sends a message about our values and our desire to create a welcoming table and a transformative experience for all who enter this holy place. Now, I'm told that members of this congregation have already pledged over $2.1 million toward the campaign. Let's have an amen for that. Thank you. That kind of giving demonstrates that this congregation walks in the ways of generosity and stewardship, that we're committed to the future of this beloved religious community and those who have a desire to join us. 
Imagine what we will be able to build together just with what we've already raised so far. Likewise, the fact that First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin is a covenantal and mission-focused congregation greatly moves us into living out that vital religious faith that I've been describing. The beautiful covenant that you all read together earlier describes a transformational way of being together. Welcome and serve. Nurture and protect. Sustain and build. Thus do we covenant with one another. These are methods. They are ways of being together and they emanate a strong message about who we are as a religious people. That mission statement that we have emblazoned onto our wall and into our memories and hearts also compels us towards creative and transcendent possibilities. Now, I know we just said it together a few minutes ago, but I'm feeling a little low energy after all this talking I've been doing up here all by myself, so I wonder if I might get you to indulge me in reciting it together again. Yes, a preacher really is going to encourage other people to talk during a sermon. (laughs) Here we go. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Thanks, I feel lots better now. I just love that. Gather, nourish, transform, do justice. Now these may imply goals and means, ends. However, first and foremost, they're actions. They're verbs. They describe ways of doing and being together. They are each a method, and the method matters. It matters because it helps us maintain that awareness of our capacity to transform one another. It opens up a space for creative potentialities, what I like to call grace that we co-create. And it does so in sometimes surprising and unexpected ways. For the holidays in the first year of my internship, we'd been putting together a multi-generational Christmas pageant. The pageant was a Unitarian Universalist version of the biblical nativity story. Our cast and crew included folks ranging in age from four or five to this beautiful woman in her 80s who ran circles around me and kept our rehearsals on track. Putting together a pageant complete with costumes, props, songs, a little platform that served as our imaginary stable, and children dressed up as the biblical characters, not to mention the stable animals, had been quite the challenge sometimes, but lots of fun too. Alongside the human characters, we had camels, cows, a donkey, and some doves, and at least a couple of kitty cats. An ongoing challenge had been helping the youngest of the children to remember that there were imaginary walls around our little platform. More than once during rehearsals, a cow or a camel would walk right through one of our imaginary stable walls and would have to stop, go back, and try to help them remember not to do that. On the Friday before we were to present the pageant, the news came out about the shootings at Sandy Hook Elementary. 
I talked with my supervising minister. We, we had to decide whether to go forward with the pageant or whether it would be too lighthearted given the circumstances. We decided to go forward. On that Sunday morning, though, we stood together before the congregation, and she said a prayer for the victims and their families. There was a pervasive tone of grief among our church members that morning, a sense of shock and emotional paralysis. We started the pageant. About halfway through it, one of the children costumed as an animal in our imaginary stables, one of the kitty cats as I remember it, got so wrapped up in the pageant song that we were singing that she stood up and started dancing. She pirouetted right through one of our imaginary stable walls, whirling and swirling in balletic circles in front of our carefully set up nativity scene. She was about the same age as the youngest of children who had been killed at Sandy Hook. The woman who had helped keep our rehearsals on track and I were sitting next to each other and we both looked at each other wondering if we should get up and lead our little dancing cat back into the scene as soon as our eyes met though. We knew we had to let her continue. The music was playing, and she was dancing, and the congregation was singing. For a moment, the song almost faltered. The little children were mesmerized by the little girls' impromptu ballet, and the adults were almost overcome with emotion. I looked out across the sanctuary, and the adults' eyes were glistening, their tears reflecting tiny pinpoints of light in almost infinite directions. We kept on singing. The little girl kept her ballet afloat, and our spirits were dancing from joy to sorrow and back again in small fragmentary slivers of time. The music and the singing and the dancing were the method that we must continue our part in the struggle and the creative co-telling of life's ongoing pageant was the message. A little girl's dancing had spread grace through the sanctuary and transformed a congregation that morning. A minister who I consider one of my mentors, says that a key element of spiritual growth is to always be mindful of and open to this possibility of grace. I learned that Sunday morning that she's right. And I believe that our faith and our churches can go even a step further actively creating that potential for grace through the ways in which we do congregational and denominational life, cultivating an ever-present awareness of that capacity to transform one another. And speaking of which, I am so blessed and so filled with gratitude that with Meg's wisdom and guidance, 
my ministry now involves walking with all of you as we build beloved community, as we nourish and transform one another and our world, as we engage in the vital and life-giving work of doing justice. Together, may we reach for the transformative potential bursting forth in each new moment. So may we be. Amen. Now please join me in our words for extinguishing the chalice that are printed in your order of service. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Now as we go out into our world, may the covenant that binds us together dwell in your heart and nourish your days. May the mission that we share inspire your thoughts and light your way. May the spirit of this beloved community go with you until next we are gathered again. Blessed be. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.